0: Coming to you live from Studio 13 at Power Team Studios in beautiful Orlando, Florida. It's Crum Shoes, the Crime Scene Kitchen Podcast.
1: <laughs> and welcome
0: back, Crumb Shoes! My name is Nick him. He my name's Christine, she's they. And it's happened. It's happened. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. We're here. We have the legendary T and Fatty. Hi, how are you?
1: Oh, hello. Hi. Uh,
0: sorry if I hurt your
2: ears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got you know, excited.
0: I hurt, we love it. Hurt the ears. We love, it. love we love a good fanfare.
1: Yeah. For yeah.
0: And yeah, honestly, I tried I tried to go not as hard today because I noticed in our last episode with Amber and yeah, I like blew out the zoom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our fanfare just gets really loud and then nothing. So yeah. so mm. I, I d- don't think I was holding back. It wasn't personal, I promise you.
1: <laughs> I mean, Nick, we know we weren't your ride or die. So like <laughs> we know we were never gonna get the loudest. Yeah, I,
3: I'm you. glad we're clearing the air now. Just yeah, from let's get so that, like it's all on the table, we all know yeah. where we stand. And you, <laughs>
4: oh, band
3: oh. United, in your choice as well, we would have also hedged our bets
1: with them, too. So. Seriously, <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: it was yeah.
1: a white choice. <laughs> we were, we were Rider, Dice, Steph, and Cherry,
4: too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <amazing>.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah you were putting you're putting bets down backstage probably and you did you throw the competition is that what i'm hearing do you have a do you have a yes. announcement to make <laughs> yes
1: yeah we we actually made an entire ginger cake in the last episode and we threw it out yeah. just in honor of Steph and cherry That's
0: <laughs> beautiful. <It's> beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah no i um uh i'm i'm uh I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to our hopefully inevitable interview with them, or I'm just terrified that I'm just going to fangirl all over myself <laughs> and just scare them off. Uh-huh. Uh, or, you, or even
1: worse, what if you ask them to interview and they're like, I don't know her, and they just, like, ghost uh, you?
2: Uh, oh, oh, that would oh. be so sad. They just uh, they just Mariah carry
1: you.
0: Don't reject uh, me. Uh,
1: new uh, phone who does <laughs> new new instagram account who does
0: yeah yeah no no i mean i was with them till the end so we'll see but 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 let's celebrate today that we yes. have christine who supported you and and fatty and t who are uh, uh uh you guys are amazing and i'm so, so i'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you you're 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 funny you're you're smart you're talented and you're just like two of the kindest people i've, I've ever seen yeah. and um i'm just so excited that we get to get to do this um so let's start you know what i, I think i'll start with something similar to last time just because I, I think it's a good question to start out with um what i asked amber and yaz is what was it like this last year waiting and waiting and waiting and then once once it's out, once you know the show was out, having this huge secret for three months. I mean, you had the secret for the whole year, but having a big secret for three months because mm-hmm. now everyone wants to know and you can't say anything. How, how have your lives been like the last year in that regard?
3: Um, torturous. <laughs> like... <laughs> I am generally not one who likes to keep secrets just in general. Like oh, I can hold a secret for a very long time if one asks me, but I just want to talk and I want to gab and I want to gossip and I want to spill all the tea and I want to get your opinions and I want to share mine. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I had this like incredible experience with like one of my like closest friends that like I couldn't talk about except to them. And frankly, we talked about it enough. Like I need to <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i mean there's something like i mean there's something about like being able to talk with fatty about it is fine you know it's like great because like he was with me but like there's something about like one of the most valuable moments for me was when reddit started a thread that was just called that pineapple jar though and i was like (laughs) see see and i just like like there's something to be said where someone who wasn't there Mm, is like is like no but that pineapple jar and i'm and then i'm like. (laughs) And i'm like it's not just us it's not just like our broken little brains you know and i mean like i was i was joking with amber the other day because i was like i mean we had a much less harder secret because we didn't win so like you know it wasn't like fatty or i was gonna be like oh i wonder if i should invest in this fifty thousand dollar item and everyone was like oh but how are you gonna afford it and you're like i don't know i'll pay (laughs) off The I'll do it in layaway, and then all of a sudden, like, ah, I won. You know, like it's like you know, like, yeah, we we haven't been secretly looking at fifty thousand dollars things to buy. You know,
0: like so. I love the idea so, that you, it, you would you would spend it on one thing. Yeah, <laughs> just one thing. That's one, it. <laughs> one one Faberge egg. Mm,
1: yes, I'm actually yeah. getting a golden jar of pineapples. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Is are we getting pineapple jar tattoos is this happening or was that just an idea at some point? Okay. I mean want to get no.
1: going. Okay. I mean I oh support God. you. Thank you. In our honor especially since you did not pick us first. I um, know,
2: I know I'm such a traitor. Oh, yeah. If you wanted
1: if you wanted to prove your allegiance. Okay. One, yes. One could Perhaps <laughs> receive a pineapple jar tattoo with a suggestive cake topper on top of the jar. Um, just a thought. Just a thought. Just,
2: yes.
0: Just spitballing here.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
3: I know it's I not like, possible.
0: That's not, that's not the cake topper she demands every year for her birthday. <laughs>
4: mm,
1: good.
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for you know, you know, Valentine's Day. Uh, Labor Day, Guy Fox Day, it's, it, it, any any yeah major minor holiday,
3: Arbor Day. That's yeah. a big Arbor thing. Day. <laughs> yeah, we
0: celebrate that. That's Day. a big one. Yeah, yeah. big
1: one. Yeah, very rigid, strong. If you, there. If you like, do um, get a
3: pineapple tattoo, you should make it scratch and sniff <laughs> I don't I mean, know how, but that that, possible? That.
2: Can they do that?
1: Or I, I think in, like, five years. Oh,
2: okay, okay.
1: <laughs> you get, like, a lip gloss?
2: <laughs> okay, I can do that. I probably have pineapple lip gloss.
1: <laughs> do you Do you remember those, like, Claire's or, like, limited to lip glosses that were all, like, the most fruity, artificial... Yes flavors ever
2: i love that stuff yes i have I, yeah i LOL, like- uh lip lip balms right now that i got in an
0: eight pack at five below love so them. yes i remember yeah. it well
4: yeah
1: amazing
0: <laughs> so so yeah i want to go back to cooking and you guys and your journey with that so um let's start with fatty have you been cooking your entire life
3: I started, like, I cooked my very first meal independently at, like, nine. Um, So I've been cooking for that long. I was taught by my my maternal grandmother. She's the only grandparent that I actually knew in life. Uh, All my other grandparents had passed away. Um, So we were very, very close. And she taught me everything from, like, the importance of washing your hands (laughs) to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know to basic like knife skills and like how to not be afraid of fire and how to just be like very cautious and aware and like how to listen to food as well as smell food and like look at food so like all your senses are activated um and so the first dish I ever learned how to make was uh like a stir-fry zucchini and um tomatoes with like white rice and wow, it's something do. So yeah that doesn't. Yeah.
2: that's really cool that makes sense because you know like I, both of you like you cook with your hearts and like your yeah, whole yeah. being i love that that's really cool
0: and did you do a lot of desserts early on too or did that come later yeah.
3: not really so i basically learned to cook and bake from both my mother and my grandmother so like she my gr- grandmother not only taught me how to like cook, but she also would bake fresh bread almost every day for as long as I could remember. Wow. So I would be sitting at her feet watching her like knead dough and like whenever she'd rub the dough out between her fingers, I'd pick up all the little bits and then make my own little loaf that she would then bake on the, uh, it was like a, essentially a piece of metal that's heated, like it's, a, it's called saj in Arabic. And um, my mom is, like, a very talented cook, so, like, I learned all these things from her, too, but baking, baking didn't really start happening for me until, like, 2014, 2015, when I started to really take it more seriously, Um, and most of the bakes that I learned growing up were very Palestinian, so I was actually just making a Palestinian dessert yesterday, and I realized one of the reasons why I incorporate so many spices into my Western desserts is because we don't use vanilla, like, we don't, that's a very Western ingredient in general, because Vanilla is a tropical thing, so it didn't really come to the Middle East until colonization. So we spice our desserts with actual spices or the essence of flowers. That's why you get a lot of orange blossom and rose and stuff like that. Um, so those things to me are ubiquitous with sweets. So when I think of desserts, I'm always thinking of those flavors. So when they're not, when they're absent, I always kind of want to incorporate them. So to me, it's just like a natural marriage. Oh,
0: really interesting. 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 I saw a story on your website about your first word. (laughs) Would you be willing to share that with us?
3: Yeah. So when I was, I don't even know, obviously I have no idea how old I was, but apparently like I loved watermelon so much that like, I didn't say mom or dad. I said like, which is like is like Arabic for watermelon. But like, I would also call it which my mom understood as watermelon and she put it in front of me and I just like, it was planted right into it. And that was like it for me. So, like, food is honestly probably my one true love in life, truly. And like, I am not ashamed to admit that. So, uh, like, it always has been and likely will continue to be food. So,
0: that's amazing. I love that. That's amazing. And, and you mentioned your, your uh, Palestinian origin. So, did you, where did you grow up?
3: Uh, Everywhere. So I was. This is the quick rundown because we do not have them the time. Yeah, I'd like
0: to get to tea at some point, but you know that. I'm literally. Do you you just go? We'll get back to you another time. Just keep looking, buddy. You're (laughs) there.
3: I'm literally looking at tea. He like all of a sudden picks up yarn and starts like knitting a sweater. By the time like I'm done telling my story, he has like a full ass like onesie. He's
0: multi
3: talented. Yeah. Um, No. So I was born in. Toledo Ohio so I'm a midwestern boy but like from three months to three years I lived between the West Bank and Jordan like my grandma raised me a part of my life and then I grew up with my parents but then from like I lived all over the United States um like midwest uh south west coast southwest uh I lived in Europe briefly and I lived between Jordan for I lived in Jordan for another four years for a different period of my life so I literally grew up everywhere Um, And in fact, if you ever heard me and my siblings speak English or Arabic, we all have slightly different accents based on, like, where we learned and where we were geographically at what age.
2: Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Isn't that
0: weird? (laughs) Wow. So, I mean, the Arabic influence, but also, I mean, you've seen so much all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've like
3: we've lived well off, like we were upper middle class at certain periods in our lives. We were definitely working poor at certain periods in our lives. So, like the the difference is also like it just living in different classes and like being able to interact and like the different school systems that we encountered, the different prejudices, the different challenges, the different obstacles. It it really makes you either an incredibly chameleon like adaptable human, um, or it really breaks you. And mm-hmm. um, you just kind of have to like that's a tough lesson to learn as a kid, but a really valuable one, especially when you enter the world of reality TV baking.
2: Oh wow! Interesting. Do you like how
3: I brought that all around?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll get to more on that then. I'm yeah. To hear that, but so t- yeah, T, how how did how did you start out?
1: Yeah. So I had um, no uh, familial <laughs> culinary training. Um, zero, my mom was a great cook, my mom is a great cook, but it was never like, let me cook with you. Um, cause, uh, she, for most of my childhood, she was the main, uh, income person in my family and my mom, uh, was like on business trips a lot and like running around. So I never really cooked with her, um, because she wasn't really cooking. Um, she just is a great cook. Um, and then she would try baking with me and put salt instead of sugar in our brownies. Ah! Um, and so that was not, I would say, any sort of formative uh, food experience. So, you know, I've I've eaten cool foods. I just never really made any. And then um, I, was, I was living with, so I've lived with my roommate Ari for like since 2014 now. And she owned a house with someone else that got problematic because the other person kind of had an emotional life crisis and so then we were without a home for a couple months and then she bought a new house which I live in and um during that few months when I was not in a house with Ari I was staying with my best friend Ellen who is the, my boss at the circus school and she watches Great British Bake Off all the time so we would sit on the couch and watch Great British Bake Off and she just started muttering she would be like oh not enough flour or like oh my god (laughs) it's never gonna rise and she would just kind of like make these like little comments and I was like what is happening so then she um went on vacation while I was still living there and I was like I'm gonna surprise them and I'm gonna make a cake so I was like I'm gonna bake a cake and I'm gonna make a mirror glaze on the cake this was literally my first cake that I've ever done in my my in the history of time I was like I'm gonna make a cake with mirror glaze (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so first of all I made a brick I made a concrete brick of a cake
4: nice. and
1: then I watched all these YouTube tutorials about mirror glaze and no one ever tells you to cool the mirror glaze <laughs> so I froze the I froze the cake and then I poured boiling mirror glaze onto a frozen cake so there's just soggy buttercream gelatin white chocolate goop just all over the kitchen counter and I'm like so when was this gonna look cute because like it, it it doesn't um so basically like I like absolutely failed and um my personality trait is that if I fail at something I need to know everything about it and then find out how to not fail at it so then I just started diving into baking I was like how does it work what is it and I remember my mom got me these two books really, really early in my childhood because my dad was a physicist, so like I've always had a science brain. And she got me this book series called What Einstein Told His Cook. And it's this food column that this guy who was a scientist and a foodie, he did this food column in the newspaper for years and then he compiled it on, all into these two books. And it's all about just the science of food. And so I started studying, rereading that because I still had them. I was like, I thought they were cool when I was younger. But like, I didn't understand, you know, what I was reading. I just like, well, that's cool. Um, and so I deep dove and I like really got into French baking. Like I fell in love with macarons. So that was like my first project. I basically studied macarons for two months without ever touching a baking tool. I just was like, I will study macarons and um because i'm also extremely anxious about um starting projects um so i basically just studied macarons for like 2 months and then i did perfect macarons the first time i did them um and then i did horrible macarons because then i started second guessing everything and getting anxious about that and then i got the hang of it and then i just really deep dove into like a lot of french baking um and that was the first year of my baking was the year before Great Chocolate Showdown. I just was like baking stuff. I basically made at least one batch of macarons a week. There were weeks where I made them every day and I just brought them to school. And I was like, eat these, you know? <laughs> you know? And, um, and so like before Great Chocolate Showdown, I would say my repertoire consisted of about five things. Um, and I ran out of things that I had baked before within the first two episodes um so i yeah i was very unprepared for that show but yeah i've been baking for about a year and that was my culinary adventure
0: wow
2: that's amazing
0: <laughs> what a way to to dive into it wow yeah uh, so well then Bye. before that then so your your passion is and and had been before that the circus right
1: yeah so um I was a theater kid I was a theater kid my whole life and every time I went to see a circus I was just in love like it was really just to me like the ultimate theatrical performance and I was always like trying to mimic it you know I took gymnastics for a while and then I was like you know I would come home from the circus and like try to essentially like approximate one of the skills that I saw with zero understanding of how it works. Like, I don't know if you've, I don't ever ever know if you've seen a foot juggler where they lie on their back and their feet are up in the air and they manipulate objects with their, just their feet. And if you've ever seen that, one of the classic ones is parasols and they juggle the parasols and they spin them. So I would come home and just gather all of our umbrellas (laughs) in our home and just like try to do that and I need you to know that umbrellas and the circus parasols are very different materials (laughs) and and balance points and like all this stuff and I was just like I can just figure this out like I can just do it I did not do it um so then I kind of like never really thought I I didn't really do much with it I was just like that was cool but like that's not a career option so I was like "I'm, I'm a theater kid I'm gonna do theater my whole life and then right after high school and this was like when my space was a thing Ooh. um I was I was working at a video store and they have the Cirque du Soleil DVDs and I was watching them I was like I remember these like these were cool and then I was on MySpace and I found a circus, Cirque du Soleil acrobat and so I messaged them I was like you're so cool like I just I was like you know I was like 17 and fearless so I was like this is you're awesome and then they were like thank you and I was like how did you learn circus and they're like well, I was a diver and then I retired from competitive diving and I started training circus. I was like, what do you mean training circus? So I found out, I found out there's places you can learn it. I just assumed you had to be like in a family of circus artists mm-hmm. to do it. And so during college, I started training at the circus school near my college. And I worked at a circus summer camp every summer. And then Uh, Right after college, I got accepted to the New England Center for Circus Arts two-year professional training program, and I went to that, and then I started working there, and then I became quite well known as a coach, so I would get flown all over the world coaching circus artists and circus coaches on how to coach better, Um, and that was my entire life until 2019 and then I added some other stuff to my life wow how
0: how soon in did you start teaching um
1: I was assistant teaching probably like two years in wow and then I and then I got while I was in circus school I got hired by the circus school that I went to to coach the apparatus I studied so I was I was majoring in aerial hoop which is At the time, there was very few people um, diving in as far as I was into like innovating new techniques and new ideas on aerial hoop. Um, It's not like I was like the rarest person in the world, but in this country at least, um, it wasn't that there was a there was a lack of what I was creating being done already. So I was I kind of jumped. I accidentally specialized in something, and became like the specialist of it without really searching to do that. Um, so they hired me to coach my own major. So I switched majors. Wow. So that, so that I wasn't coaching myself. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: and yeah, so then like, and the school that I went to for professional training, they're pretty well known in this country. Like at the time, they were the only. They were one of two schools in the entire country that has a full-time professional program. So a lot of people would fly in from elsewhere to come do like a week of training with our coaches and stuff. And so people started flying in and I was coaching them on hoop. And so I started kind of getting my name tossed out into the world. Um, And at one point, like low key flex, I was voted the best aerial hoop coach in the country. Wow. Wow saying um so yeah so and then like and and that got me some really great opportunities like I've I've gotten to travel so many places across the world not on my own dime um to to teach things but like you know getting to teach things mean I was eating their food and I was experiencing languages that I hadn't encountered before and um I I really love I I'm a learner I love learning and so you know, I was like, you know, instead of me counting like one, two, three, go for a trick, I was like, well, how do you say one, two, three, go? And you know, and just like, I love languages and just trying to absorb, uh, absorb things while teaching was really fun for me.
0: Wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. And so you're you're traveling and teaching. Were you performing as well, or, or were you mostly just teaching?
1: So I I am a really good performer. Um, like as a as an artist I am I'm very good as a technical circus acrobat I am not like the world's most excellent person like I'm I'm really good there are many people who are also really good and there are many people who are way better at the technical skill of acrobatics right like if we're talking about like can you perform a piece and have an emotional connection with the audience I have zero worries but like In the circus world, it is an acrobatic and athletic art form. And so, like, there is a little bit of, there there is a less subjective part to it, right? Like, either you can do the, you can do the really cool stuff or you can't do the really cool stuff. And I could do many really cool things, but I I, I was never in that, like, top 1% of the people that could do all the things. Having said that, what I was really good at was coaching. And so, I... I performed many places but I've coached everywhere you know like that that is that is what I recognized was my was my like gold was that I am a brilliant coach and I can see what people are struggling with I can see how they need to learn and I can teach them directly using the methods that I know will make sense to them very quickly um because I've been teaching something since I was 11. You know, I was teaching oh. magic. I was teaching magicians when I was 11 at a magic store. I was teaching dance when I was 14. I was oh teaching my God. theater when I was 15. I've taught flute. Um, I was a flutist from age three till 21. So like, I have been teaching something my whole life, you know, and that is a, that is a skill set, regardless of what the thing is you're teaching.
0: Right. The,
1: there are people that are just really good teachers because they don't teach you the way they t- learn. They figure out how you learn. And so I kind of very quickly realized like that was like, I love performing. I love performing and I performed it a lot, but I knew that the thing that was going to take me very far was my coaching ability.
0: Wow. That's really, wow. really cool. I I want to see a tea teaching session in progress. I do too. Yeah, somewhere. I think that would be really cool. Or, or like, well,
1: if if you know Netflix ever gives me and Fatty a baking educational program,
0: that would be I love, Oh my god, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah,
1: Netflix. Netflix, we're free. Call us. We're <laughs> yeah. available. you are not free. You have to pay for it, but like yeah. we are available. Right. We're, <laughs> we're <free. laughs> right. But
0: yeah, we're, we're free agents, but we're not. Yeah. free well, so fatty, so we heard about T's first career. Uh, fatty, you and I have something in common, and that is the legal profession. I'm a court reporter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. no! Okay, so maybe we get a sense of how you feel about that profession. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait, Nick, what do you do in the legal field? I'm a court reporter.
3: Oh, nice. How do yeah. you how do you do that? I know, like you're interviewing me, but I also want to know oh, oh, how yeah. do you enjoy your
0: uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've gotten to it relatively recently, just about a mm, about a year when I started entering it, but it's only been a few months where I've really been doing it full time in earnest. Um, okay. And uh, right now, uh, I'm with a, a very large firm, and all the jobs they're giving me are over Zoom. So I I yeah, I don't have to go anywhere, which is very nice. Um, but yeah, I. Um, so uh yeah just just doing depo- just doing depositions so you know i'm the first one to log in i get all the recording set up swear in the witness and then just type notes while the lawyers kind of do their thing and depose witnesses and talk and i just make sure everyone can hear each other and and i've it's been a really great transition because before that i was doing a lot of like and i still do sometimes doing like uh before after we worked at disney um, we were just kind of like resetting, I guess, just figuring out like kind of yeah. what we're doing next. We had our own trivia company uh doing like live trivia events. Oh, cool. um,
3: I love those. I love those event companies. I love trivia.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll, talk, yeah. we'll talk more about that. Yeah. We're gonna talk more about that later. Um, but um uh so we did live trivia events and then when the pandemic happened, we weren't doing live events anymore. And that's when we decided, okay, would well, you rather do our entertainment as a podcast network? And yeah. so we started building in this direction. So and now we have the trivia podcast as well. So for all you listening out there, the Power Team Trivia Podcast now has two episodes out. Wherever you get your podcasts, um, there's two. There's two. So there's yeah, two, one was two
4: one today. Yeah,
0: one. I listen. I two listened to one two already, but okay. But see, I didn't why, know. That's why all you have to do is subscribe, and then you'll get it goes to your phone as soon as as, as soon as that's like, true. i have subscribed to Crumb Shoes, but I'm not subscribed as, like, to the other
2: one for it follow is you like it'll tell you
0: it probably depends on what your podcatcher is That's true you know what they Not Spotify,
2: so. yeah because
0: like an apple podcast it's oh is subscribed, it subscribed think, okay, you know? okay. But whatever it is just get the thing where it automatically do the the thing. um so so yeah but you know i was also like doing a lot of ride share driving and like some like amazon like freelance amazon delivery oh and, i'm so sorry uh, <laughs> yeah i actually have, he likes it yeah i, I like driving so like it, for me it's fun um and but uh but yeah like getting into this um uh uh core reporting has been fantastic i'm at home more uh so i'm i'm really 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 enjoying it i've always enjoyed the legal profession but i never wanted to do the work to become a lawyer because and, and that, that that's part of what i'm going to ask you is I know we'll get how it. much work it is, or I can only imagine how much work it is. I did, I did a uh, a mock trial of Hamlet in sophomore year of high school. I was on the prosecution team. We got him for first degree manslaughter.
4: Nice.
0: Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, you know, I was like, I really want to do this. I love like, watching trials like on YouTube or like different like legal analysis things. But full on getting into being a lawyer, I know is more work than I'm willing to do. So Fatty, I yes. I, I really want to hear about your legal journey because this is very interesting to me.
3: Yeah. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the the new position.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's been very exciting. I'm,
3: I'm very happy that you're enjoying it. Like that there's nothing more enjoyable than listening to someone enjoying what they're doing and talking about it with passion and curiosity and hope. And like that's a very like just great place to be in so I'm happy
4: yeah
3: um my legal journey was okay so first of all just to clear the space I have no issue with the legal profession I have a lot of opinions about it I don't think it's designed for the purposes why I entered it, which was to create like impactful change Mm -hmm. and to give people accessibility. Um, So, uh, as a Palestinian, the law has been thrust into my life since conception. So, it wasn't really much of a choice. Uh, This idea of self-determination and the idea of citizenship and what is a refugee, what is not a refugee, what is war, what is not war, who has a right to a space, who has a right to things, who has a right to resources, like all that stuff. And plus as a child of immigrants, like legal issues are surround you at all times, you know, like uh, what's safe, what isn't safe, when can you travel, when can't you travel, who can work, who can come visit, like what? why can't they, like all these things that like, otherwise if you're not like, in a mixed status family or in an immigrant family you probably wouldn't even like those aren't even things that would raise any flags at all because it's not a part of your life um so for me it was more of just like i wanted to get into a profession that i'm a first generation college student neither of my parents were able to go to school um so education was really important i'm the youngest of my siblings and both my sister got a, a technical degree she had an associates and then my brother chose not to go to college and he went and got a dive degree so he has also a technical degree so I was the first person to go to a four-year university first person to go to like a graduate program so it's kind of like flying solo throughout all of it <laughs> it's just like I remember when I graduated high school my parents were like okay so this is as far as we got so good <laughs> like, like we trust in you. We believe you got this. <laughs> you know, like, two thumbs up and one foot out the door. You know, <laughs> here's 500 bucks cash. Don't spend it in one place, buddy. You know? <laughs> so a lot of like my young adult life into my adult life has really been just like trial and error and like figuring things out as I go. And unfortunately, what I discovered about the law is that while the legal professions stimulates me intellectually. I love this idea of being a wordsmith, this this person who gets to not necessarily control, but gets to influence the frames that we use to even have a discussion, right? So like the person who is laying down the foundational work for everyone to have a conversation that's on roughly equitable ground, right? But the problem was in order for that to translate into filling my cup spiritually or as a person, I needed that stuff to work in a way that would allow me to give that equitable access to the people I was coming into contact with. But the problem is that profession is that the legal profession is designed to interpret and not even necessarily respond to what's happening to the the world around you. So by the time that you're responding to something in the legal world, you're about like 10 to 20 years behind what's actually happening in real life, you know? So for me, it's just like, I I hear these stories of people who are, and I worked in domestic violence and human trafficking. So I'm hearing stories about like people's daily human degradation, like these stories of both uh, complete trials and tribulations, but also stories of triumph. So like you're kind of caught in between this world where like, am I really creating impactful change? Am I really empowering you to use your immigration status? If you are a monolingual um, non-English speaker And you might or might not have a high school level education. And the only source of income you have is the very abuser that you're trying to run away from. So like now that I've empowered you with this status, have I really empowered you to do more than just continue living the life that you're in? And it broke me in a really very big way. And I was just like, okay, took a step back, did a lot of legal consulting, did a lot of Arabic work. And then I started thinking to myself, like, around this time my sister got sick and, like, my sister and I had bonded over baking and we both had this shared dream of, like, she wanted to open a bake shop in the West Bank to, like, treat, like, refugee kids to, like, Western desserts that they might not never be exposed to. I wanted to actually do the reverse where I wanted to treat folks in my immediate neighborhood to the things that I grew up eating but in my version of them and we wanted to do this and then she passed away and I was terribly miserable in my career and I was just like what are you doing like why why like you did all of the work this is your degree this is your life what do you want to do like you don't owe anybody anything you owe yourself something so what do you want to do and I literally had this conversation internally while I was baking and I'm like this is clearly what you want to do so just huh. go do it oh. and that was it like that was literally it once you know you can't unknow uh, and I rang the bell and I hated my call and I haven't regretted it for a moment since
0: wow
2: that's an incredible story I'm so sorry about your sister
3: yeah I um, miss her a lot
2: that's a lot. amazing yeah
3: do you want to share her name yeah her name is anan um it means the highest point of pride that's what her name means
0: oh that's beautiful
3: she was you y'all would have loved her she like she was also a gemini she was literally like me but much quieter and when she gave a zinger it really just silenced the room it
4: was just, <laughs> wow. The
0: so mic every time wow 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 uh well i um uh, I love, cause I didn't know, I didn't know what type of, 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 law you were, you were into, you know, so I, I, I love that it was something where it's like, clearly, no, would, who, who needs help the most? Yeah. Uh, cause you know, there's all types of law. Most of, you know, most, most of the meetings I cover very boring, you know, is your roof broken? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I mean, it's, um, you know, uh, um, you know, like you said, not to just malign the whole thing, because there's some people who get there's so many people who mm-hmm. get into that profession to do the types of work you do, right. you know, right. uh, to really honestly trying to help people. And yeah. that's um, um, I, I'm I'm sure while you were there, you did you did a lot of good, probably even more Absolutely. than you realize. Um, uh, but uh, but I also understand, you know, why you would want to step away from it, too. I I, I can only imagine how tough that was. <laughs> so were you were you? Were you working then with prosecutors then as far as?
3: Yeah, so I worked with a nonprofit and um, we basically, honestly, we would get clients from everywhere. We would get clients from the FBI. Like most trafficking clients are coming through the FBI because they were flagged through that system. Uh, Local police enforcement. uh, Sometimes people just knew about us, word of mouth. Um, Yeah, like literally there wasn't a single, and obviously we don't turn anybody away. You know, you're just like, can we help you and we the the good part of the organization i worked for is that they also had social workers on site and we also had like two or three shelters so we were kind of trying to do like full in-house services for people who crossed our doorstep um but it was it was it was really really hard like i i found myself really doing more and frankly, and I'm not qualified to do this, but I found myself doing more like mental health therapy and like counseling versus like doing legal work because unfortunately, and now you know this as well, like as doing depositions and stuff, you ask some very invasive questions. Like you really get into the nitty gritty. And if if you're not trained as an attorney, you're not trained to deal with the fallout of what you're doing, which is forcing these people to read their trauma, like over and over and over again, because you don't, for an affidavit once unfortunately so it just didn't it never sat right with me like the process didn't sit right with me even if the the goal was honorable or moral or ethical or whatever like it just the process was just not okay and i found myself thinking to myself i want to heal i want to do more healing in the world and how can i do that and like for me the community that you create around a table around food really allows you to bridge a lot of space and create like a common language between you and the people on the table with you, even if you don't speak the same language. Like you're interacting with something that's healing and direct and physical and visceral. And I love it. I love the community you build with food. I love what you can do with food. Patty, you're a saint.
0: (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) T, T, did you know you're working with a saint?
1: oh I've known this since day one
0: I I I, I just wow wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh non yeah I mean you you were a social worker you were a therapist you were ever that's incredible I'm just so honored to even be talking to you because that's that's incredible work so and and I and I love that that translates to food and how yeah. you enjoy food so it's it, so and that was about 2014 you said that this happened that this um
3: no it was uh yeah actually that was around when like I finished practicing law like for real for real just kind of washed my hands of it
0: okay yeah, are like still license.
3: Um, I literally just put my license in, um, like suspension or whatever they call inactive, inactive status this past year, because I mean, you still pay 500 bucks a year for something you're not using. And I I literally, I literally could not afford it this year. And I'm like, as much as I would love to just have that as like a backup, I'm like, fatty, I, you don't need a backup anymore. Like just, no you know hang your hat and just keep doing the baking thing it'll, it'll eventually start <laughs> yielding profits <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so great chocolate showdown uh let's let's start with that and uh, how you two met and so who wants to go first as far as did you approach them did they approach you fatty's pointing to T
1: I'm getting pointed to okay so i'm I'm sitting here, in you know, a one year into baking, casually baking, not a not a single professional ambition to my name, and I get the sketchy ass message on Instagram from someone named Rachel, and she's like, "Hi, would you like to be on an unnamed chocolate show for Food Network Canada?" And I was like, "Thank you, scammer." Blocked. <laughs> Except I didn't block them. Um, she's like, please, she's like, please give me your email. And I was like, you know what? I don't think you can scam someone by just emailing them. You know, I was like, if she talks about the Prince of Nigeria, we'll get into it. But like, um, so I gave her my email, and all of a sudden, like an actual Food Network Canada email came in. It was still called Unknown Chocolate Show, and then it was. And then it was called, what, Fatty, do you remember, was it called Masters of Chocolate? Chocolate Masters. Chocolate Masters. It was called Chocolate Masters, which, like, that's a name. Um, And so, like, this whole time, I'm like, this is bananas. Like, this is a made-up show. Um, But, like, I, you know, I went through the, I went through the hoops. There were some hoops we had to go through, and I went through them. And the whole time, I was like, I shouldn't do this. Like, I shouldn't be on here um and then I was like I kind of came to terms with it like I've said this before you know like I was pretty sure I was just going because I was the circus guy and I was gonna be like the funny kooky thing for like one or two episodes and then get eliminated (laughs) and I was like I I understand my role in this like (laughs) understood um also I knew I was going into it not actually knowing how to bake that many things I was like I can make macarons I can make shoe. Uh yeah. Yep. And so like, yeah. And then I showed up to this hotel, this kooky hotel in Toronto (laughs) and and I went to this weird waiting room in a film studio and there was this gorgeous glowing man. Who, just who was that? In my heart. <laughs> his name was, his name was Bob. He was actually sitting right next to Patty. Um, no, um, it was it was Patty, and I was like, I you know we went around the room and said our names, and I was just like, hey, Queen, like, I see you, um, yeah, and that's,
0: that's how that started. That's amazing. So uh, why? So uh, having only one year experience, like, why do you think they approached you on Instagram? Was it because I of the think they approach, thing?
1: I think they approached anyone. Um,
0: oh, okay now that now
1: that i know how casting for tv works i think they searched hashtag bakers of instagram and just scrolled and emailed because most of these shows they start with pools of people mm-hmm. pools of people um who want to do it and then there is the balance right They they can't have a show where there's 10 quirky gay circus kids you know they, they I would watch that yeah we want
2: to watch that show
1: understood but like you know they're looking for that balance and so mm. out of that huge pool of people they picked the 10 of us but like i am sure that i was at the beginning i was just someone who used the hashtag baking or you know or like hashtag tasty dessert who knows you know who knows and they're just scrolling and messaging like you know
3: it was hashtag eat these cakes you know it was yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I mean like I I would say that like at the beginning I don't think I stuck out at all I think I just was someone that responded and then you know my personality and my yeah. enthusiasm like that got me cast but I think that initial email probably went to 500 people I would assume
0: So, Fadi, did you get that same uh, mysterious Nigerian princess email?
3: I did. I totally got the same, like, Instagram. Also from Rachel. Um, May she live long. She is amazing. Like, I love that woman. We love Um, her. She's great. But, like, I literally had the same reaction where I'm just like, Why would you, like, and I remember distinctly our conversation was, hey, are you interested? And I'm like, why are you interested in me? (laughs) (laughs) Like, one, I'm a nobody. Two, I know nothing about chocolate. And three, I can barely bake. Same, like, like, I'm like, I know how to make cookies, cake and pie. Those are like the most basic things that anyone knows how to make. And yeah, same thing. And then we showed up and I was just like. I had convinced myself that I was going to be the quote funny gay because I had apparently self cast myself in that role. And literally within five minutes of meeting T, I was like, ah, oh, crap, I am not the funny gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, he's funnier oh. and gayer. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> i was like and he's bearded and he's taller than me and he's quirkier than me and he's on top of it acrobatic i'm just like oh crap i'm the nerdy gay okay i can do that that's fine that's fine i can live with that oh (laughs) but no i I felt threatened for like two days and then after that i was just like oh no we just we are definitely on the same page in the same book on the same chapter. Like we are, uh, yeah. we are in a good ass place.
2: Oh yay! On, i uh, sorry if I missed anything, but on that show, were you all allowed to fraternize? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: So this was a before COVID, and B it was Canada. <laughs> we went to the we went to the mall. Yep. We went to restaurants together. We they told us not to talk to each other on social media so we just made a whatsapp group chat the first day um yeah like there was it was so much less all of the things it was like it was we were like you know
3: yeah (laughs) honestly the vibe was really like we're a group of 10 people at a baker's camp but like the difference is because we didn't pay for it the Choi- the sacrifices one of us has to go every week <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> you have to earn your chops
0: boo otherwise you go in hell <laughs> <laughs> wow very different um yeah uh, it was fun oh yeah I was just gonna say it reminds me of that uh, as far as like the way you two met it reminds me of that key and peel sketch where they're both the they'll both want to be the black guy and the white guys acapella group yeah. And and so they have like a sing-off. Yeah. I don't remember that one. I, I think it. it's the I might not it, uh, It's minute. hilarious. It's intense. But nah. yeah, I just imagine that. That's accurate. Yeah. That's accurate. Uh, so so that's really cool. Yeah. So you got to hang hang out a lot there on, on that show, which is so yeah, it again, very different from uh your later experience in um What's the name of the show? We cover crime Scene kitchen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: over now. So we've added two podcasts since the last episode of.
2: I know. Yeah, I keep being like, "How's Crumb shoes?" What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will yeah.
1: tell you. I will tell you that Fatty decided that I was gayer and quirkier than him, so he he put me on like reserve. I will tell you, I had the exact opposite discussion because Fatty instantly goes to the culinary director and is like okay, so I need my sumak and my mahlab and my da-da. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means. I was like, I am going home in 20 seconds. Like, I don't even know these, I don't even know these like simple terms. Little did I know that, that no one else knew these simple terms. I, but like, I was just having so much imposter syndrome. So the moment Fatty walked up and was like, um, here are the 17 words that you can't pronounce that I need you to source for me. And I was like, I don't know how to do any of this. I I only have words that everyone knows how to pronounce. Like <laughs> I'm I'm clearly not good enough to be here. <laughs> so, so to me, Fatty was like the seasoned veteran of baking annals and just was like, here's what I need. Um so then and then I realized that no, it was just that everyone there was pretty white. Um and <laughs> I mean, it was Canada. Um, yeah. It was Canada. And so, like, you know, nobody knew where to get any of these f- ingredients, which is why he had to bring some of them in his luggage. Oh, my God! Because the, because no, the culinary totally team didn't. could not source them.
0: Uh, I did notice in... Uh, 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 and I guess we'll get into that show a little bit, but I did notice a couple of times in that show... And we, it's been a few years since we watched it. Yeah,
2: I don't remember it that well. But I
0: remember a couple of times Fatty, like when they would go up to Fatty and say, what are you making today? And all of a sudden he's like, well, I'm breaking this thing out. That's like, that's like, I was like, and I'd be like, was that in the pantry they gave you? Like, where <laughs> yeah. are you getting it from? Uh, so so. so
1: the, the thing you were allowed to do was you could ask for an ingredient, but the rule was it had to be available to everyone. Right? So like, we were going to do a, a chocolate cake and I knew I wanted to do this Dr. Pepper chocolate cake that I saw when I was in Atlanta and so I asked for Dr. Pepper and because they had to make sure it was fair enough they had like 30 bottles of Dr. Pepper in the pantry for anyone to be able to take and it was like so ridiculous because no one else wanted it they were like what is this why is this here but i was like i took one to use my for my cake i drank from one i took some back to the hotel it was like, I was I just like y'all bought- got
2: to take them so
1: right i was just like y'all bought so many dr peppers so yeah like any of fatty's ingredients he named they technically were available for any of us none of us were ever going to touch them um but-, <laughs> but they were available
2: oh okay well good fatty, I was
1: fatty did you bring enough for the class Honestly,
3: Fair not like clotted cream. I did not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they wouldn't have known what to do with it
3: anyway.
2: I don't really understand what clotted cream is. Either. Yeah,
0: why don't, you, why don't you tell us what that what that is and what it's used for?
3: It's um T You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like as far as I know, it's just like a high ratio fat. Oh, you just look at me. It's like a high ratio, high fat ratio cream, as far as I know. Um, And it typically, like, has so much fat in it that it's almost, like, solidified. So it's, like, uh, it's almost between, like, a cheese and a milk. Like, it's...
2: Okay. They have it at high tea, right? That's all I know about clotted cream. Okay, cool.
3: And the one that we use, like, in the Middle East is actually canned, uh, which I don't usually share because people have opinions about canned foods. And, like, you know, know, I'm like, if you know what you're doing with it, it's not a big deal. Uh, (laughs) So, like, I use that and it's, like, really, really delicious, but
2: yeah that's what we do nice. okay good to know thank you
0: <laughs> all right so yeah so what's can we hear more about that experience uh of, of the show in general uh and yeah. like maybe what it was like first walking on the set for you two
3: um gcs was awesome uh-huh. it was super fun like i had a like it was kind of just a really fun way to kind of explore yourself. I don't know what it is about being on. You would think that I would get like, or we would get nervous because there's all these cameras and people and like expectations or whatever. But for me, I'm just like, we're just having fun on somebody else's dime. Like I, I guess like I go in there without the expectation of really winning. <laughs> so I'm just oh. like I'm here for as long as I'm here and I'm going to serve these lovely people, some really good food. And I'm just going to play with all the ingredients. I will say my favorite thing about being on GCS is sometimes you'd go into the pantry and you would see ingredients that like either you've never seen before in your life, or you've heard about for a really long time and could never afford. And so Mm -hmm. (laughs) the number of times, like I ate all their mango steams. me and Vanessa ate them, just ate them because we like them and they are expensive. So we would steal all the fruit and we would eat it. And um, the pistachio paste is another one I really love playing with because it's so expensive and like really fun to play with and you could just eat it straight up and they would ask us sometimes like oh hey I see pistachio paste on your table like what are you gonna make with it and I'm like oh I just wanted to try it <laughs> it's not I'm a
2: sandwich not... I mean it <laughs> are you hungry I'll make you
1: something <laughs>
2: oh my god that
1: sounds amazing yeah I mean like she G- has I mean I I kind of had the same exact mentality as fatty like i didn't go in it to win i just was like excited to see what the heck i could do and then i kind of like i mean i had i think i had a very different emotional experience than fatty because i had basically an emotional crisis every day um and like i cried in the shower daily because um i was never competing with other people i was competing with myself right mm. and i was trying i was i was curious to see just how good I could get and then I was surprised that I did um like I I hadn't baked most of the things that I did on that show before I did them on that show and to have essentially studied technique long enough that the things I was trying for the first time worked out so well kind of just like really impressed me with myself. Like I was really proud of myself. And like, you'll see that when the judges said anything negative about me, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I'm a theater major. Like I've been rejected my whole life. I don't, I can take, I can take anything. But then when they complimented me, I turned into a pile of mush because I was so confused. Like I was so, there was such a cognitive dissonance for me from where I walked into that show versus when I left that show it was like three weeks of extreme mental reprogramming (laughs) of like of like am I actually good at this um and so yeah it was just this really weird journey where I kind of just like discovered that I'm I was good at something that I really didn't think I was that good at I was like you know I can bake three things. Like, okay, cool. Um, and I remember, like, the first few days I was looking at everyone's Instagram. So I was like, I should not be here. Like, I should not be here. My Instagram was like chocolate, ch- like crappy chocolate drizzle on a shady muffin, you know? Like, it was <laughs> just like, it was like, and, you know, and then you have these people with these, like, tiered cakes with fondant impressions and all this. Jeff, and I was like, I couldn't do that if you paid me thousands and thousands of dollars, gave me four years of school, and gave me six weeks to do it, and you did it in like a one-hour time lapse on your phone. Like, okay. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just like it was a really, really interesting and very fast moment in my life where I my opinion of my own self changed very quickly. Hmm. And it was quicker than I was ready for. Huh. And so I was I was very emotional about it.
0: So did you, cause at that point, again, you've been kind of diving into this for a year, but you were still very much like a teacher by trade. Did you, did you uh, go in thinking that you were, when did you make the transition to baking is going to be my new career for me? Did it happen after the show? Was it after, well after that, was it during the show, before the show?
1: It happened the day after the finale, when Fatty, me, and Vanessa went to lunch with Cynthia. um, And she just was like, let's talk about your career. Um, And Cynthia just, like, grilled us. And she was like, what do you want? What do you want to get out of this? And, I, you know, we all, like, just kind of spitballed. Because at least I wasn't thinking on that terms until the lunch was planned the day before after we filmed the finale because we weren't allowed to talk to them socially at all while we filmed so it was like the moment we were done filming the finale it was like lunch tomorrow and oh. um and so like I was like oh like do I do a YouTube channel and she was like don't <laughs> like she's like do not do a YouTube channel and just like you know she's so experienced that she just had so much wisdom to give us and she has so much heart that woman I don't know if you know what she does outside of the great chocolate showdown but that woman has one of the biggest hearts that you'll ever find in the history of time um and so she just like kind of mama bared us and was like here's your marching orders now go home and get like do it um and she would check in on us like i mean she still is available we can message her you know i remember i was i was supposed to do this two-tier cake and i had never tiered a cake before And I call her and I'm like, girl, I am struggling. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm crying and I have to have this cake by tomorrow. She pulls over from driving her children to school. And on the side of the road, she films herself using her like phone and a pocketbook and and some pens as if like that was a cake. And she's like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. And she like, she just like made me this little, side of the road video while her while her kids were late for school so that i could so that i could finish stacking this cake like that is the that is not even the biggest scope of how generous that woman is um yeah
0: wow oh, that is so cool
2: i have to watch the show <laughs> go again and we'll
0: yeah. we may even have to cover it for this show i don't know we'll see yeah uh, <laughs> Um, Fatty, I guess same questions. At one point, it is is that the experience that transitioned it from hobby to career, or or when did it come for you?
3: For sure. It was the same. Like I had known that, like I kind of knew that I wanted to do food and like I knew that I didn't want to do savory food in a big way because I tried it and it just stressed me out in a way I didn't love. And after doing the show, I'm like just hearing people outside of your circle and like people who are literally their job is to critique, Um, they get nothing out of telling you anything but the truth. And they may be kind about it and empathetic, but they're still going to tell you the truth. And to hear them say the things that they were saying about like, not just... The big difference between GCS and Crime Scene Kitchen is on GCS, we were allowed to creatively flex a lot more. Right. Like we were able to create our own recipes. You know, it's, this is this is the assignment, take inspiration from it, now go do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both got to play with a lot of things, like with form and structure and taste and texture and flavors and layering. And to have all these, like I would describe a dish, like I remember describing my brownie to, to Cynthia when she walked by my table and she's like oh Fatty what are you doing? What a collection of ingredients you have. And I'm just like oh yeah I'm making a miso tahini brownie and she's just like she literally stopped and she's like miso like miso soup and I'm like yeah you know like dashi miso like miso she just like gave me side eye and she's like mm, okay and I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just like, well, I'm going to roll with it, girl. And I'm going to convince you that it's the thing that you've been missing your whole life. And when they ate it and they tried it, it was just like, I think that was truly the moment that pivoted all of my self-confidence mm-hmm. where I was just like, so when I am truly myself and really trust my instincts in spite of what other people might say or what other people might think, I am on the pulse of something that is really unique to me. And I think it's my job to just kind of insist upon expressing that. And that's it. Like, like it, hate it, whatever. And from that point on, it really became immaterial whether or not I won the show. Because the way I was receiving feedback fed my soul in a way that I needed. And that really was, like, it was a turning point. There was no going back to ever even entertaining, like, an office job even. Like, I wanted to be in a kitchen. I wanted to be on my feet. I wanted to be working with savory and sweet ingredients. I wanted to work with my friends. I wanted to, like, collaborate with tea. I, like, it was my mission to, like, make that happen. And I did make it happen at a cost. But, you know, whatever. You know, let the history, let water be water into the bridge. Whatever. You didn't send me home. I sent me home. (laughs) Yeah, you did.
1: You sure did.
3: (laughs) In fact, you tried to stop me, but I insisted because somebody's stubborn. Well, I should
0: we talk? I guess I I don't. Should we talk about the specifics of what happened in the show? I don't know. I don't know who's seen it and who's not, as far as our listenership.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Listen, it's it's on Hulu. They can see
1: it or not, they can (laughs) deal with it. (laughs) It's also (laughs) multiple years old. Yeah, that's you can do what you want it's this is your interview <laughs> <laughs>
0: well uh let's because I, I i think you guys have talked about this a lot and i think you talked probably talked about it in make files too so do you want to talk about that that moment and maybe like in the in the um <laughs> okay uh, we can talk we can talk next time too about like how maybe it informed like going forward like as far as like crime scene kitchen like if if that changed anything but i don't know go on
2: if you want to
0: (laughs) what happened
3: was (laughs) okay no truly what happened was (laughs) i basically okay i had been in a sense the front runner like i was doing very well on the show kind of like a Stephen cherry cherry if you will Right. And I was like doing my own thing. I was really running in my own lane. And then all of a sudden, I encountered something that I was just like, I'm going to do something that I've never done because I've been doing that the whole show. But I haven't really (laughs) been doing French patisserie, for instance, and decided to do a puff pastry, a rough puff, which even on the best of days, you need at least two hours and we had an hour and a half i think for that challenge so like i i'd already signed my my going my pink slip like i was going home like <laughs> i basically decided i was going home yeah. and and college, i had told him not to do this He did multiple times. He did. But I was just like convinced. I'm like, T, people keep telling me not to do things. I'm just going to do it. And T was just like, no, no, no. I'm not telling you not to do something creatively. I'm telling you not to do something because technically you will not have the time to perfect this in a sound way. Unfortunately, not only did I not have the time, but literally the first batch of puff I put in, it just burned. My oven was set for like 400 and somehow it had cranked itself up to five. And literally was scorched within like 10, 10 minutes. And I turned around and I was like, well, this is burnt. And I only had trimmings left over. So like either way, like it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. um But I will say that episode, despite what happened, the earlier challenge, I got to do something that I had been wanting to do since I met T, which was work with him on the show. I was able to make that choice. Thank you to the Miso Tahini Brownie. <laughs> so. Sure. Came through, and is still coming through. Um, but yeah, it tough pastry, man. Rough Puff sent my <laughs> home. <laughs> which, which makes it so much more triumphant that when we did Tart to Ten, mm-hmm. and I made the Rough Puff, and we actually won safety, it made it all the better. Like Yeah, that,
0: yeah. that moment on the show was incredible, and then when yeah. you explained on Bake Files, I was like, oh yeah, and that was like... Uh, again you two are awesome um so that show uh at the uh, i'm trying to remember how the structure of the show works at the beginning uh, of one of the challenges there's like a chocolate lesson right like they teach you a technique oh, yeah. is, is that like is that lesson as real as it appears like are they actually teaching a a mechanic it's uh, do you want to talk on it
1: i will what we are able to tell you is that no. we are instructed slightly more in depth just before the televised instruction. Okay. okay. Correct. Just, just because the televised instruction is designed for the TV audience. It's for us it to understand. Not, yeah. It is for you to understand. We we had prior to each of those techniques, we are given slightly more of an in-depth lesson that about sense. it. Yeah, um but like we don't we still don't know what we're supposed to do with the technique we just, no, are, they're just like here's a technique yeah. and we're like okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah well that, that,
0: that, we, that kind of leads uh, into my next question is like how informative were they like did you were these techniques that you all were familiar with did you did you were they new they're both shaking no
3: literally so, okay from as simple as tempering chocolate like none of us knew
1: how to temper chocolate Oh my like,
4: god! Yeah.
1: so I would like to talk about my tempering chocolate experience <laughs> Yes. I actually don't know how fatty's preparation for the show went I don't think I've ever talked to you about it but so in my interview they go do you know how to temper chocolate I didn't even know what that term meant <laughs> so then I was like okay so I was like well what does tempering mean oh well you, okay you temper eggs Like when you're making a pastry cream, you slowly pour the hot cream Mm. onto the eggs and whisk them. And that's called tempering the eggs because you're you're slowly heating them up without cooking them. So I went, Oh, I've poured hot cream onto chocolate before that's called a ganache. So clearly I've tempered chocolate before. (laughs) So I, so I said, yeah, I've done it loads of times because I thought that I was like, Clearly, the term tempering is just what I do when I make a ganache. <laughs> cool. i've I've done that so many times to make macaron, you know, filling. I yeah, tempering is like super easy. So then I get cast on the show. and they're like, okay, your first you know, your first thing, like you have to show us this thing. And during the casting process, we had a video cha- like video challenge, essentially. And I Googled tempering chocolate. I was like, oh, oh, no. oh, <laughs> oh, and so this is August in Boston and my house doesn't have air conditioning. Oh
4: no!
1: So, so I'm <laughs> sitting. So here's just a thing for people that don't understand how tempering works. No matter how well you follow the instructions, if the ambient temperature of your room is over 70 degrees or higher, you cannot t- temper chocolate. It will not happen because the room needs to help cool the chocolate, and so I'm sitting here following the instructions online. None of it works. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I told them I could temper chocolate. (laughs) I got cast. I got cast on this show under this false assumption that I know what I'm doing, and I was like, "I'm." I was like, "This is miserable." So then, very silly, I found a pastry chef on Grindr, and I was like will you come teach me how to temper and he was like "Ooh, yeah and he like clearly thought like more was gonna happen and so he came over to teach me how to temper my roommates were sitting there on the couch like next to us and he like didn't know what he was doing because he learned chocolate for a minute in pastry school um and then he's like okay so um yeah and I was like okay thank you bye and he's like so, like, do you want to temper some more chocolate? And I was like, no, bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so like, so, like, I just, like, I spent, like, two weeks not knowing how to temper chocolate because I didn't realize the room was just too hot. So then I get to the Great Chocolate Showdown and I'm like, oh, I've actually been doing this correctly for about a week. I just haven't been in the right environment. And then we have this, like, one practice day where we were put in this shady warehouse because the set wasn't done being built
2: Oh my God. so we were in
1: this, we were in this shady warehouse that was like 85 degrees <laughs> and we're all trying to do our practice uh challenge where you have to temper chocolate and not a single one of us are successful and they're like okay tomorrow we start filming <clears throat> and we're all like i'm sorry what <laughs> like, like Did you see that none of us just did this properly? And they were like, goodbye. So it was like, it was shenanigans. Shenanigans.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) My my favorite part of that tempering experience was that like, none of us could do it right. So like, every one of us was used as an example of like, oh, this is how you know your chocolate is not in temper. They're streaking. (laughs) There's blotchiness. This is not shiny. This is not setting. We're all just like so. We all suck. Great. Yeah,
0: it's not (laughs) goofy. And then they were like, it's just goofus and goofus and goofus and goofus. Yeah.
1: And they were like, so we're filming the first episode tomorrow, and we were all like, why? (laughs) There's nothing. There's nothing to film. No one's gonna win this show. (laughs) we're 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 all gonna get eliminated in the first challenge.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing.
4: Money, please. Hey fam,
2: it's Christine here. I just wanted to let you know about some of our other things that Power Teen Studios is making right now. We have another podcast called Hell's Podcast, The Ramsey Report. Now that podcast is not as family friendly as our others, but it is basically Nick and I are rewatching all of Gordon Ramsay's television shows, which is like... You know, between 20 and like a billion shows, recapping them, reviewing them. We're like, fans of the shows and we also have a few criticisms sometimes too but if you're into Gordon Ramsay shows, um, I think you would really enjoy it. Hell's it podcast comes out every Friday. We also have the Power Teen Trivia podcast. This one is our flagship podcast and it's been in the works for actually like three years. Nick and I used to have a pub trivia company locally here in Florida but um, when COVID happened of course you know that took a toll so uh, we really wanted to make a podcast out of our trivia games so we finally have It's two trivia teens, and they battle it out for trivia supremacy. It is a blast. We do it like a real game show, and uh, we really think y'all will enjoy it. It's general trivia, so it definitely has stuff that would appeal to everyone. And you can play along from home, and it is completely family-friendly. We're putting those out every other Tuesday, alternating with crumb shoes. So be sure to check out our other podcasts. Also, I just want to remind you, we have a Patreon. If you would like to uh, support us in any kind of monetary way, that would be super amazing. Uh, We have three tiers. There's a $3 a month, a $5 a month, and a $7 a month. At the $5 a month tier, you get a monthly shout out on our podcasts. And at the $7 a month tier, you get entered in a drawing where you can win a, an hour-long chess lesson with Nick, who is awesome at chess, or an hour-long baking session with yours truly. And I'm, you know, pretty good at baking. So be sure to check us out on Patreon under Power Teen Studios. And more than anything, we want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for everything. Um, any way that you can support us, including listening, is the greatest thing. And we appreciate you so much.
0: So you said you got to talk a lot during that show, basically. So mm-hmm. you're all like... Yeah, every
1: every single night I would shower, cry, and then go to Fatty's hotel room and watch Drag Race. Yep, every <laughs> night. Literally
3: every night. We had like a standing date. Uh, sometimes he would fall asleep on the bed and then get up like 10 minutes later and go to, to his room. Sometimes yeah. it would just be minutes. Sometimes it would be an hour. Um, and we would just dish and we would talk about... <laughs> everything that was happening on the show in our lives um jared uh jared that's my partner's name it's funny like you know i love t because i will often mistake his name for my partner's name and i often like i'll be like jared no that's t um he actually encouraged me to uh reassess my relationship at the time (laughs) which (laughs) i had already been doing but like it was a good little push in the right direction It was it was great, honestly. Like it felt so fun. It really felt like a camp type situation.
1: yeah. That was honestly the most normalizing part of the entire process was drag race with Patty every night. Totally,
0: it really <laughs> was. Yeah, I loved it. It was so really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. That would be. Uh, uh, I, I I'm glad they didn't uh, sequester you as much as Crime Scene Kitchen does. Definitely you would not have done well i don't think (laughs) so then after that so have you two ever lived in the same place or is this just been a okay uh so how did you know he friendship after that fatty fatty you moved to new york like right after great gcm right
1: yeah and then 2019 yeah but then that was like right when the pandemic started so like i had i think i'd like hung out with fatty in new york maybe once once or twice and That's then, a, and then the pandemic hit, and then we hadn't, and then we didn't see each other for, like, two years. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: Like everybody else.
1: <laughs> but, like, I mean, so at, to your question, like, how do we keep in touch? Like, we video chatted a lot. Um, yeah. We also, like, tried to kind of make um a little bit of, like, a book club situation, but it wasn't books. It was, like, people learning. So we actually had, like, these, like, semi-regular Zoom calls where we had one with Anna Olsen on, like how to create new recipes we had one with one of the food photographers from gcs on like how to make your instagram like food photos better oh.
4: we had
1: um yeah like we we like kind of like made these little, little like lessons you know like on zoom lessons for each other because you know we all had nothing else to do <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like we just made these like little opportunities to just keep in touch and and play and create and try and distract ourselves from the collapsing world around us
0: oh my goodness so, so this point, so at that point i found you had like more experience and so you mm-hmm. had you already did you already have like a, a baking business or
3: no 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 not at all i um i basically was working at a um gay underwear store in dallas texas shout out to Skibbys um <laughs> if you're ever area they are the largest men's underwear store in the country and they have great stuff um and i also worked in like literally across the street at a place called crickles and co and they were a brunch place so they had like a small bake shop and i actually would worked there as well so i had like two part time jobs and um I was doing that before GCS so like I I wouldn't say that I had any real training per se but like I learned how to like stack a cake and tort it and like the proper mechanics of building a cake which is a skill that you definitely need for a baker Uh, but other than that like I didn't really have much more than tea honestly tea has more technical french pastry skills even walking into the show than I did.
0: Daddy, would you say that you two are self-taught? <laughs> you know, that's a great
4: question. <laughs> and how much do
0: you think people should underestimate you because you're self-taught?
1: Loads. Well, we're not bogged down by knowledge. So we're Thank just- God. We're just lighter.
2: Oh, yeah we feel so light like uh oh,
1: so yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: when yeah. I really, can I just really tell really you really... out of out of all of the nonsense of being on a show that delineation was probably the most nonsense of the entire process oh, yeah. like forget forget quiche in a dessert tv show <laughs> forget you know I uh, non baking baking challenges. Forget all that. The most ridiculous thing. Okay, two things. One, why couldn't they just put our <laughs> pronouns on our on our names on the screen? Just put our You're pronouns. Not just by put by the, the pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> right. All you needed to do. You didn't even need to do it every episode. Just do it episode one yeah. and two, mm-hmm. and you'd be good. My God, the amount of the amount of work that stephanie fatty and i had to do to like i know advocate for, for cherries pronouns yeah. was outstandingly oh too my much God. um so not necessary but then the other problem was like this this nonsense over professor i now i just classically, profe- self- <laughs> classically trained for self-taught The nonsensory. I mean, they're also out of control. They're like
3: misnomers, in my opinion. There is no such thing as self taught because you learn through a community. And there is no such thing as classically trained because what is classical? Classical to what? To what tradition? Yes, what does that mean? That's a very good point.
2: Yeah. And I thought, like, Amber and Yaz were saying in their interview, like, you know, uh, everyone who is classically trained has also. Done like learned from self taught people, but it's also like self taught people are trained in other ways, so like you do the same studying, it's you know, it's very, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
3: Let's call it (laughs) it one has a degree in that whole profession, and one does
1: that's what it is. But like, also, also, like, we all have businesses, and it's not like you walk in and you go, I'm sorry, before (laughs) I buy from you, is this a self taught bakery? or is this a classically trained bakery because like my palate i only eat <laughs> classically trained cake <laughs> I, I, I cannot I have any yeah yeah if i if i have any self-taught cake my throat closes up and i need an epi yeah self-taught uh, no like automation. you know like it's just, like it was and honestly i think it i think we didn't notice how much of a problem it was because it didn't Occurred. it didn't happen as as painfully yeah. uh, in the self-taught side of things like aside from the fact where if someone did something wrong which we did so little of so we had so little experience of this but like if someone did something wrong they'd be like oh like you know you are self-taught so i could see why you made this mistake <laughs> again we made so few i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but um but like the amount of ridiculousness on the classically trained episodes where it was like I can see the classical training in the way you're holding this cake stand. I can smell the classical training <laughs> wafting out of this buttercream. I'm like, what acid trip are you on right now with the synesthesia of classical training becoming somehow a scent, a visual, an aura, if you will? I was like, oh, Your classical training chakras are aligned right
2: now. Oh my. Wow.
1: You
3: investigated that crime scene kitchen like a classically trained baker. Uh,
1: (laughs) I just like, I just remember in the first episode they were like, do you, they were like, what's it like being in this kitchen? And we're like, it's weird just because it's not our kitchen, you know, things are in different places. And they go, do you think the classical training people have. A higher a upper hand on you because they're classically trained i was like have they been in the kitchen before us no okay no. <laughs> Yeah. and then i and then i was like also no professional kitchen has drawers yeah oh yeah that's such a good point yeah i was like what we were in was a very interestingly organized home yeah. kitchen with with stainless steel surfaces you know like and like a really and like a really good oven and fridge but like organizationally that was not how a professional kitchen would ever be organized so I was just like I don't know what you're talking about this makes no sense
0: well and I love that I I think so often and we talked about this in the show like in your talking heads you would give you would give a statement a talking head that was clearly like they prompted you to say a you decided yeah. to say B, C, and D because yeah. B, C, and D is yeah. more real and accurate yeah. than anything A had to offer, and I love that. I like, I love that.
2: Yeah, I feel like that we, producers were we, trying to we, get cattiness from people, like against the other side, and I, I don't feel like we really saw much. In I think for the,
0: for the most part, people did not take. Yeah, like
2: right. people yeah. did not do that. Yeah.
1: I mean so one thing that Fatty and I I think learned from being on Great Chocolate Showdown was we learned just how much power you actually have as a contestant and you don't have power in everything but there are things you have power in specifically you can not be caught saying anything if you don't say <laughs> it right so like y- you don't get to you don't get to complain about the edit if you said it right mm-hmm. and so like we, you know, in the first, in Great, Great Challenge Showdown, we had this one story producer who came from uh, Big Brother oh. and was just very, very aggro. You know, like all the other story producers were like, don't you, you know, aren't you friends with everyone? Everyone's lovely. And then this one person, I remember in the first challenge, I was next to Vanessa and Vanessa's oven broke. And so I was like, use my oven girl. Like, I'm not using it, go. And then she won that that challenge. And so he was like, oh, aren't you mad that you let her, like, use your oven and then she won? I was like, no. Did you see what she made? I was like, she could have done that in a microwave, and it still would have been better than me. Like, you know, (laughs) she could have heated it with a hairdryer over with a candle and it would have still been a beautiful dessert. So, like, what? And finally, we all talked and we were all talking about how this one story producer was, like, really aggro. And so we asked for a meeting and we were like, can we have a meeting with all the producers please? And all the producers came into the contestant holding room and we were like, so none of us are going to talk crap about each other. So you can all stop asking us to, wow. because we talk. That's awesome. And we were like, and we just like said it. We're like, this is a hard limit. Like none of us are interested. Yeah. And so we just like stated it. We didn't have to do anything shady or like any like slipping around the question. We were like, we will not tolerate this yeah. and then they clearly talked to him about it because then it changed I, um i remember and that. so like i think going yeah i think like going into crime scene like fatty and i were much more aware of like they just they just want interesting tv right they're gonna mm-hmm. show up with a they're gonna show up with a concept but as long as you give them a concept back it doesn't matter what you're mm-hmm. saying right like they're going to get hours and hours and hours and hours of footage and audio that they get to craft after the show is done being filmed into TV. So like, as long as they're just like, you know, tell us about how much you hate the French team. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, you know, I mean, they never asked that, but like, you know, it's <laughs> like if they're trying to get something aggressive about the French team, what they want is something interesting. Right. They just need something interesting. So if we, just, if we just went, Oh, we don't hate them. That's not interesting, right? Like that's, but what I can say is like, oh my God, I look up to them. Like I remember going to Paris and I remember going to Paris and looking at all these patisserie shops and just the dedication of all the pastry chefs there and how inspiring it was. All of a sudden I'm giving them something interesting. It's just not giving them antagonism, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think we were well armed from our first show to be part of our own narrative. And not just kind of go along with whatever oh. we're handed. Wow,
0: yeah. wow! I, I have so wow. much respect for that. Um, just because, yeah. uh, you know, again, we talked about this, but yeah, I just, you know, whether you're like a, a celebrity and the media's asking you questions, or you're on a reality show and the producers asking you questions, like, yeah, you can you can get like blown with the wind, kind of, or you can like stand firm who yeah. you are. And I love cool. that the two of you had the strength to do that, um, and I think that's uh, so admirable. Um, mm. So, which of the two of you got approached to do uh, tea? Okay, so was it was it the same uh, shady email you got?
1: <laughs> no, this was this was a phone call. Whoa, fancy! Yeah, they called me. And it was, it was funny because they called me and Sarah, my roommate Sarah was downstairs and Ari was at work and I came downstairs and went, Sarah, I have good news and I have bad news. And she's like, what's up? And I was like, bad news. They want me to do Crime Scene Kitchen. And she's like, okay. And I was like, no, sorry. I was like, good news. They want me to do crime. Sorry. I said, good news. They want me to do Crime Scene Kitchen. And she went, okay. And I said, bad news. I think I'm going to do it. (laughs) Because like, I mean. Also, like, the first show was really hard on my roommates. Like, I have I have a, we had a group chat with just my roommates and me and my best friend, Ellen. It was just the three. And they were the only people I talked to for three weeks from the outside world. I didn't talk to anyone else. And when I tell you that chat, I am broken. I am, like, I was a broken human. And they had to witness it and, like, be there and support me. And so, like, honestly, no one was sure how I would be going on another reality show. So, like, they were just like, um, do we get to, like, veto this? (laughs) You know? Um, And I was like, no, I think think I'll be better. Like, I think I will. And luckily, I very much was. Like, I was fine. Um, But, yeah, so then I had to pick a partner. And they were like, I remember she suggested, she was like, you know, some people had their parent you know, you could have like your mom or dad. I was like, well, my dad's dead. And if my mom comes on the show to be my partner, she will be dead. <laughs> so um, um, that is not a possibility. So then I was like, okay, hold on. So I thought I was like, who would make the best teammate for me? And like, I did think of Fatty, but then my brain went to Casey first. Only because Casey filled in the like classic Americana dishes that I don't do. Who's right. Casey? Like she like has what did I just say? Who's Casey?
3: Say who Casey is.
1: Oh, Casey Casey's the winner of Great Chocolate Showdown season one. She was our first, you know, our first season bestie. Um, and so I was just like, so I called her and I was like, can you do this? And she's like, Man, I would love to, but like I have two kids now and I work at a school and your your show is like right in the end of school and there's no way. So I was like, okay, next. So then I called Fatty and I was like, Fatty, would you do this? And he was like, Let's do it.
3: Nah. <laughs> um,
1: and I and I will say, after Fatty, there was no other option. I was like, Fatty, if you say no to this, I'm saying no to this. So I slightly did peer pressure him, um, but I also didn't. I didn't need to because he was game. Um, and
0: then we had perfection. Wow. I mean, yeah, you two were so awesome together. So, so perfect. that you get the call from, from T did, uh, <laughs> do you have any hesitation or how did you feel about this?
3: I mean, the idea again of doing this and like having like a really fun time baking and like just doing it up and like whooping it up on TV was like really exciting, but like, I also am not It hasn't been long enough for me to forget the physical toll that these shows take on you. And unfortunately, my body does not respond very well to, like, the requirements of filming a reality TV show. But at the same time, I was just like, you know, the big difference here is that I'm not doing it alone. There's somebody to share the workload. There's somebody who, like, I really trust in, like, every way, creatively, like, personally, personally. Um, this is an opportunity for me and T to hang out like other on somebody else's dime again which would be fantastic right and so I was just like okay like let's do it whatever and honestly at the time I was unemployed so I was just like I ain't got nothing to do let's do it
2: (laughs) yes
0: that's awesome that's awesome and then so what was the uh uh how how quick was the turnaround uh, as far as you you guys accepted, and then did you have to do like online interviews or, or what did you do next?
3: There was I don't remember all the stuff, so I remember there was like a paper application, there was an interview like a phone call, there was a wardrobe call before we left.
1: There was what else? Is well, there? we had we had the like so we had that like Zoom. Interview that's right, where they basically ask you your whole yeah. So, conveniently, I was traveling to New York already to spend time with Fatty, and she was like, Can you do a Zoom interview? And I was like, If you wait two days, I'll be in New York with Fatty, and we will be in the same room. And so, she's like, Great. So that's when they take the interview for like an hour and a half, they interview you and then they boil it down to like a three minute, like teaser of who are these people. And then they go back to the executives and they're like, here's the teams that you can pick from who's, you know, who do you pick? So we had that interview. Then um, we had our baking, you know, audition oh, yeah. where we had a, ch- they gave us a challenge and we had 24 hours to do it Um and then we had to do like a baking knowledge interview test thing. Oh, which fun. was honestly like that was super weird and super fun. I loved because it. Because it was like it was like playing Jeopardy yes. but for baking. Yeah. Um it
3: was so like, fun. It was like baking trivia. Y'all would love it actually. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that
1: sounds yeah, so like fun. It was yeah. it was different, it was different things. Like some of it they were just like what is and they would say like a very french word and be like what does this mean yeah or like or they would be like oh what i, was,
3: I remember they asked what pan dulce is and i was just like oh yeah like, yeah. like a sweet bread like a concha of pan, pan dulce you know
1: like i knew immediately what that was like but yeah it was like stuff like and that. then yeah and then they were like okay if you saw these six ingredients what would you think you know and then they would say like you know now I can't think of anything but like you know they would say six ingredients that would very clearly point towards a very specific dessert and they wanted to see if you knew it yeah um like and what, so it was I like it was a really fun interview. one of them was
3: like the Swedish tort where they were just like if you had like spinach and like fondant like marzipan and like
2: yeah and
3: cream, like what would you put together and it's just like oh it's a Swedish tort you know like it's just kind of like yeah. trying to see like are you able to identify and synthesize an actual dish that mm-hmm. exists, or are you just going to end up on the show being like, "I have no idea what this cup possibly could be," so I'm just going to make a weird dessert out of all these random ingredients? Yeah, it's Which donuts. Right, have- um, yeah, exactly. Right, it's a pancake tart. Sorry,
1: the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and then, and then we showed up. Yeah. And um, it was only a few weeks after. Yeah, that. I don't know if yeah it was it was pretty fast i mean a lot of these things happen where you end up waiting for a really long time and then they all of a sudden get back to you and you're like you have four days. Oh yeah. I'm like, hey. no. like excuse me like i remember gcs i wasn't supposed to tell my boss about the possibility of being on this show until they officially cast oh my me
4: God.
1: i told her long oh, before good. that <laughs> but i was you know but I but technically, if I had listened to them, I would have told her 11 days before I was supposed to go away for three and a half. Oh, weeks.
2: oh, my God.
1: <laughs> um, and like and like this is a job where you can't really easily just like be like, I'm sick, you know, like, right. like like I we we had a we had an entire like situation room, essentially, of how do we cover all of T's classes? Oh. And so like, I, according to the casting, I was only supposed to tell her 11 days before I left. Oh and I was like, yeah, no. So I told her like a month before I was like, if this happens, yeah. I will be gone for these dates. And then I just, the moment I got cast, I called her and I was like, green light, like we gotta do this. Wow. So we kind of, she already had a plan in place well before I got cast because we had to. Yeah. Um, And then I don't know if you have heard yet about the shenanigans of getting to the hotel in Atlanta, but I thought it would be a fun little um, anecdote for you. So they wanted wanted to keep all of us super isolated from each other, right? So apparently, and I I still don't really understand how they organized this because it sounded like chaos, but at least for me, I got put in a, limo from the hotel from the airport and I got driven to another hotel where I waited in the lobby with one of the handlers until I was then driven to the actual hotel because what they were doing was they were staggering um each contestant getting to the hotel without other contestants arriving but because it's it's an airplane you're like it's it's an airport the flights are coming in at, you know, the flights are coming in at certain times. And so they were essentially using this other hotel as like a holding pattern. Wow. And at one point, I, and at one point I was sitting in that secondary hotel and then they asked me to move to a different part of the secondary hotel because another person was there. Oh my God. And I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> like,
2: was...
1: And then of course, like literally 15 minutes after I get to the hotel, I run down to the lobby and I'm in the um, elevator with Yas. No, no. <laughs> so like, you know, like they they tried their best and also
4: <laughs> oh it did, my God. didn't
1: work. But like, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fatty, did you go to the other hotel ever, or did you go straight to the first, the original one? They took
3: me straight to our to the hotel. Uh, you
1: the one I one
3: know, was messing
2: with you, T.
1: Yeah, I think you also arrived no nope, early. This, this happened to the oh, other okay. ones. Did you arrive? Like, I know Amber did it. I for oh yeah, no, you
3: were late. I was late. So like by the time I arrived, everything was already figured out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for like the first few days, they really tried to keep us all separated. Except then they would all get catering, right? They would ask us for all of our catering orders. And we would just get a group text saying, food's here. And so all of a sudden, we'd (laughs) all go downstairs to get our food. (laughs) and like they clearly realized that was not working so then they started dropping off our food to our doors but it was like it was just like one of those things where like they were having to organize 24 people and try and keep all 24 people from bumping into uh, the other 24 people and it wasn't that big of a hotel it had I think three floors and so like we're of course we're all gonna bump into each other there's only one place to eat breakfast you know the 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 you know buffet breakfast thing is one part of the hotel. You know you're all gonna see each other, so it was like it was a it was a cool plan that didn't really work. <laughs> but
2: it's admirable that they tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, they really did. Wow, wow. Well, honestly,
3: like that such unsung heroes, all those people like they do so much work, like just wrangling. Seriously, people. it's so much work
2: i can't imagine trying to organize that in a way where people are not supposed to see each other. like that would be like an impossible game of sudoku to try to figure mm-hmm. out
0: especially when they're all running across the street yes. to target to see each other right
2: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah who, who would you who would you run oh, that, to over there and would target. you like just go shopping together
3: I ran into Cherry and Um, Steph Cherry. Yeah. And then we just, we do a lot of those. We literally would look at each other and be like, hello, um, casual acknowledgement, moving along. (laughs) Salutation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember we weren't, we didn't go to Target the first few days because we were told at first you can't do anything. Anything. You cannot leave the building. And then we had like this like legal meeting and they're like, yeah, you can walk over to Target and we were like okay um so then target became like club target you know (laughs) um yeah no I went I went I casually went alongside our Wisconsin mom that's right a few times um I mean fatty and I had a system because like the I think the one thing that like kept us both sane was like we had all acknowledgments that like we could spend a lot of time with each other and also like we didn't have to. So like sometimes I would just be like, hey, Fatty, I'm going to Target. Do you A, want to come with me? B, want me to bring back anything for you or C, nothing, you know? And like all three options were equally accepted and wonderful because it was like sometimes Fatty was like, oh, yeah, like I do want human connection, let's go. Or he'd be like, can you bring me back? Socks or you know like or whatever or like or he just like no, no i'm napping you know what i'm <laughs> like great live your best life yeah. um like, so honestly, like the fact
3: that you understand that and make that available is why you are truly one of the closest people to me oh
2: yeah that's, it, that's no, such I, a great skill
3: truly like it's it's so compassionate and understanding and allows for space for you as you are in this moment that's it yeah I need that, I otherwise we won't laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. That's
0: amazing.
3: It would be not good. Not good <laughs> at all.
1: No. nine. <laughs> um, well, so
0: that's, so, I mean. Yeah, and then that. So, in, in this in this show now, you two have gone from your first show where you first met your, your opponents, even though obviously you never had a contentious relationship, right. but now you're together working on the same goal. So, did that make this process a lot easier for you?
3: Like a million times. Oh my god. Like I already knew that I really enjoyed tea, but truly this was like the experience that like forged our friendship in a crucible of fire. Like it was just like because you're looking at the other person and you're like we're going to do this Like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna have fun, it's gonna be great, you have skills, I have skills. Not only do I trust in what you're able to do, I'm trusting your ability to communicate what you're not able to do. And as long as like we had this understanding where it's just like, there were times where neither of us knew really what we were doing. And so we are just like, let's just take our best shot and like, let's see what happens. And I think because of that, like we never fought, there was never any contention, like we don't have a really contentious relationship, or we're just not those people anyway. Mm uh
1: so like we had one we had one argument what was it about i don't even remember it was the finale cake it was you wanted to put you wanted to put pieces of fruit in the cake batter
3: right
1: and i said fatty that's not a thing and fatty went well i would do it and i went and because you just said that that (laughs) means it, it cannot be right because the because the entire time we've been baking we have never done things on this show the way Fatty would have it's done it. It's 100% true. And so and so, I looked at her and I just went, because you would do it, that is not the right answer. Wow,
0: cool. So I want to circle back to a couple of things you <laughs> mentioned in the interview process, uh, and then I'll get to get to your businesses. So um, the tests you took, the knowledge tests, were those together <laughs> or, or separately?
3: Um, together the knowledge test was together, but the technical was separate. We each had to make oh, our own. The ba-
0: yeah. What'd you bake? Can you talk
3: about that? It was literally the same uh, assignment, so it was like a, a marble cake where like you cut out circles and you stack them into each other, so when you cut through it, it looks like a checkerboard. <gasps> um, chocolate and so that in vanilla. And then you had to design it. You had to use fondant. Like they want to see your fondant skills. And then you had to design some form of a checkerboard on the top of the cake with uh, playable chess pieces.
4: Oh.
3: So I did mine in all fondant. And T, you cast bonbon shells, right? Oh. Yeah. So
1: I I was like, there is. N- Fatty was literally whittling, like whittling little fondant. Cup creatures, you know, chess players. Let's see if I can and I find was the like picture. Yes, picture. And I was like, F F that. <laughs> and I um I just I painted the like the symbols of the chess pieces. And I basically made like a modern chess set by casting a set of bonbon molds with the chess piece symbols like painted on each one. Nice. Um because I was like, "There's no way I'm doing what Fatty's doing," and I didn't.
0: <laughs> what was were the sets playable? Did you play chess with these after you made them? It was definitely playable. No, I, mine was. <laughs> I mean, they were playable. You, I, I did
1: not have a uh, legal chessboard amount of squares <laughs> on the top of my che- of, of my cake. Um, because I did. I think I did a six inch cake, and so there was like five squares. Yeah. You know. I think I did a six inch, too. Oh,
0: Oh, you can share files. So we're looking at, Christine, you want to describe this?
2: Okay, so we're looking at a beautiful cake and it has a chessboard on the top and there's a knight piece. and So so there's like, uh, for the white side, there's like a knight and two pawns and then, and uh, the king?
3: There's a rook and I think a king. I don't remember. Yeah. I think
2: those are kings. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I get kings and queens mixed up on what they look like. Yeah. Um, well, and king, then... well, the king has a cross on it, so. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's like, on the black side, there's a king and a rook and a pawn. And it is so beautiful. And then let's see. I want to see the other picture, too. And then, like, there's a slice taken out of the cake, and it's like a perfect checkerboard. It's
3: a
0: beautiful slice.
2: Oh,
3: it was so good. I, I've i never, that was my first time working with fondant. Oh i would never God. worked with fondant.
2: That's amazing. You made those pieces and it was your first time with fondant?
3: Yeah. That's
2: incredible. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, and here's tease. Ooh, and it's got like, is, uh, what is the, I mean, it's like a marble fondant covering. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I,
1: I did a marble fondant and then I did the like little bonbon.
2: Oh, and it's on bon an bon
1: actual bon chessboard. It's it's a table that I have that has squares on it. So I was like, "Yeah, okay, um, why not for the for the gram?" Yeah. <laughs> and
2: then there's like the yeah the black and white bonbons with like the symbols of the different chess pieces on top. Oh, these are both so amazing. That's
1: awesome. Can
2: we share these yeah, to was, the gram?
1: Think, absolutely. Awesome. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that was. That was the time I tried fondant. No, yeah. And then
3: I did all the fondant on the show, and we all saw how that turned out.
1: Well, I did, I did, the, I did the fondant for the honeypot. You did the honeypot, oh, yes. okay. I did do the honeypot. Which was the most normal-looking
0: <laughs> thing on that cake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that will be all of part two. Is just that one. I'm
2: just talking about that cage. Just that
0: challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my god.
0: Uh, yeah, let's
1: let's just focus on that. Why yeah. don't we?
0: Literally, I also. Are you surprised?
1: No, go ahead, go ahead. You
0: you said wardrobe interview. I want to hear more about what that is. Oh yeah. They literally.
3: They asked us to send photographs of like clothing that we have, like things we like to wear, what's available to us, like what we would think, what we would think of bringing with us, and honestly, like it was COVID um she outgrew all her clothing because one I stopped wearing shoes so my feet spread out as all our feet did uh two I wasn't going into the office so like I wasn't wearing button downs anymore so literally none of them fit my curvaceous new body you know so I was just like whatever I'm gonna get a new wardrobe anyway so here are all the photographs and I sent them all these pictures and they literally rejected everything but my shoes (laughs) they're just like we'll buy you shirts don't worry about it (laughs) like like great
2: very curious about the wardrobe process,
3: so I love this insight. Oh yeah, they like hook it up. Like Derry, our wardrobe person was just like wardrobe friend, not wardrobe person. Like she's amazing. Um, yeah, she literally really was great. just like they want you. Like network, the network kind of has a say on like the archetypes and like how we show on TV consistently throughout the show. So we were like the pattern bandana bearded gays like that's who we were we were old yeah. patterns old colors and literally i was just like girl whatever makes your job easiest and then when we showed up in atlanta they had a full rack
4: oh and they God. brought it in and they're like,
1: they're like here's well they one outfit two they, outfit three they also clearly thought we were gonna be so they changed our wardrobe after episode one yeah that's true because we had an entirely new wardrobe fitting after episode one, and I'm pretty sure based on what they did with the other gays in the classical side, um, I'm pretty sure we were supposed to be the party gays that didn't really bake that well, yep. but like had a but had a great time. That's and scary. so a lot, and so like a lot of our first outfit options were like like rave wear and like very like if Kesha had a baking show, yes. and so like. And we were like okay you know there were some things where we were like we will not wear that like there was one that they tried on for me that had a yin yang on it and I was like no I'm not mm, no 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 I did the same with the Egyptian like- hieroglyphic
3: shirt I literally yeah. was
1: like mm, no yeah funny. so then so then we did episode one where we were clearly having a great time but also brilliant um <laughs> they they like pivoted and took us away from like club wear wow. and just had us be quirky, quirky. um <laughs> so wow. it was fun because we all of a sudden were like you have to go in on your off day and like try on an entirely new wardrobe
2: <laughs> that's amazing um, and do
1: yeah. you get to keep the clothes yeah yes. once it
3: touches your body like it and once you're seen on camera with it it's your clothing like that's it that's so awesome yeah nice and like they, they dry clean your clothes they hold on to all your wardrobe so that that way you never forget anything and they have everything tagged by episode so if you have to go back and film an interview for like a previous oh. episode they... um, and honestly being in a same-sex relationship like my partner wears all the clothes I brought home <laughs> like, oh, <yes. laughs> he's like oh my god I would buy these and I'm like I am so glad because I will probably
0: not wear most of them so they are yours you know I was gonna ask if you wear them so are they not your thing as much or I've
3: worn the finale blazer like a few times I love that blazer I think it's beautiful it's the fabric is amazing there are like maybe two or three shirts that I really favor like I love there was one that has like little Loch Ness monsters on it oh. with sunglasses that I really love um, and that's a Tipsy Elf. I think that's the brand. Uh, yeah. They make like really great oh, yeah, clothes. I've Tip- heard of
2: that, I think. If you're,
3: if you're listening, we're happy to be your ambassadors. Like send us clothes.
1: I messaged them before that episode and they didn't respond. Uh,
2: were they the Shark Tank?
1: Maybe. I, yeah, because yeah,
2: I've heard of them. Okay.
1: Yeah, they went on Shark Tank with their onesies. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: They do really cute yeah. stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I have all of that stuff. Did do, do, do you wear your shirts? I bet you do. I wear,
1: I wear some of them. I don't wear all of them, <laughs> but I wear some of them. I
3: don't have, like, we had all our clothes from GCS too. I got a bunch of clothes from that. I don't fit in any of them anymore. So they're mostly gone now.
1: Same. But Hard same.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: like, like when Derry was like, send us photos of things that you wear, I like literally sh- tried to put on my GCS clothing and I was like, hmm. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So then I was like, nope, I have nothing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I literally showed up in ratty t shirts that had like armpit stains from deodorant. I'm like, wow, Fatty, you really
1: did not show well. <laughs> like, I mean, Listen, it was a pandemic. It, it still is a pandemic. Yeah, no one
3: can judge. Like, unemployed for eight
1: months? Like, I ain't going to buy clothes right now. Are you kidding yeah. me? Well, I re- I remember there was a shirt from GCS that they put on me. And it literally fit me perfectly with the exception of, like, the belly button button. And we were like, you know what? I'm wearing an apron the whole time. So we just left it on <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like, eh. <laughs> so I... Like I've never worn that. I've never I have never worn that shirt again because I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 like, just no.
2: With it.
1: That's not trend that's not trending. Um, not right no. now? Oh, okay. <laughs> it could be though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean true. I could be a trend. Yeah, better. you do that
2: and then it is trending.
1: Yeah. Well I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm that driver you know i don't think i'm the fashion influent, um but i appreciate the thought
0: <laughs> brands your guys brands yes let's talk about what you two are doing for a living
3: so I'm getting signaled. So my brand is called In Between Cuisine. And I do, basically, I describe it as like third culture food, which is essentially the food of people who grew up in like immigrant households, but it it's hard to describe. It's not quite fusion, because it's not like trying to make things become something new it's kind of organically occurs so it's like you take elements of different cuisine and then you allow them to be what they are and then you just introduce them to each other so it's not like i'm still it's very identifiably palestinian it's very identifiably american but then the flavors are just very different or the textures are a little different or something like that um i do special i do Let's see. I do everything, really. <laughs> like, I was just thinking uh, yesterday night I did a private dinner experience at a friend's place for their 13th wedding anniversary. So I do private chefing. I do um, catering for bigger events. I do dessert tables. I teach classes. I do workshops. Um, I teach make your own spice mixes. I teach make your own tea mixes. Um, I do really anything. I've done summer camps, uh, supper clubs. T and I have our own thing going on that we're trying to make into a bigger thing called Fruity Spice, which he will talk about more, but I will introduce as this really amazing collaboration between the two of us. It is something we've dreamt about since, honestly, since we met. And we've had our debut dinner in Boston, which was a huge hit. And we literally just want the opportunity to keep doing it and working together and creating really incredible food memories. So
0: that's awesome. I, I, yeah, I, uh, I saw the term third culture a lot on your website and, and, and you already yeah. talked about it, but can you talk about it more because is that a term you came up with? Because I would never heard it before. It's a
3: relatively new term of art. So like I find it like it's one of those things that I deeply understand but find really difficult to put into words. So I usually kind of let the food do the speaking um, because it's really hard. It's something that like I'm teaching and developing as I'm going along. Um, But because fusion never felt quite right, because fusion to me and in the very word of it, like has kind of this this aggressive kind of like forceful nature where you're trying to take one thing and push it into another thing to create something new. But that's not at all my ethos around food. My ethos around food is food is all food. It is all raw materials, even the things that we've constructed into a particular thing like a sauce or a seasoning mix or something like that. And there are ways that these things are naturally meant to play with each other. And so for me, it's like I allow the ingredients to kind of guide my hand. I just use the techniques and abilities that were taught to me by my ancestors. So in that sense, it's third culture in that the culture of origin, there are two cultures of origin, which is the culture I was born into and raised in, and then the culture that I experienced in like different geographic locations. So it's kind of like... I imagine it as circles, like circle one is like Palestinian cuisine, circle two is all the cuisine that I was experienced, that I experienced in the U S and then these two kind of inform each other where they layer over top one another. I find it like, uh, is that like, does that make any sense at all?
2: Yeah. I thought that was a really good way of describing it.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thank you. I like sometimes I see the world in color and, Flavor and like, I find it really hard to actually use like language, like you know. As
2: a person
3: with ADHD, Uh, I totally get it. (laughs) totally, yes. And I also have an online shop. Obviously, I should mention that Um, I sell some baked goods. I sell my miso tahini brownies, which are gluten free, nut free. I sell some cookies. I sell gluten free cake mixes. I sell seasoning mixes that I custom create myself. There, there's a cake mix right there um and yeah I yeah you sell the brownies I do it all the
0: brownies are famous at this point do you sell them as made brownies or as a mix or both
3: made brownies because um what makes the brownie special is actually the technique in making them mm-hmm. um and I don't make a secret of it like I make I whip a meringue that's the base of my brownie oh, yeah. so that that's why it's like very shiny and has like a very chewy texture because it eats almost like like a fudgy macaron or a fudgy pavlova or something like that. Um, and because it's gluten-free, there's no gluten buildup. That I use a rice flour base. I make my own gluten-free flour mix, so I'm not purchasing it. So um, the, it, the cake mixes are all mixed from by me but from scratch. Like there's nothing that I add in from somebody else, so.
0: That is so no. cool. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Um, uh, all right, so T then, uh, tell us about your business.
1: Uh, Yeah, so my business is Cirque du Souffle, um, and year-round now uh, I'm doing tasting menu events. So I've been doing five-course dessert tasting menu events in Boston, and then once it becomes colder, uh, I start also shipping chocolate internationally. So um, since Great Chocolate Showdown, I really deep dove into being a chocolatier. I went to chocolate school and then I actually started teaching at the chocolate school uh, because my mentor Rachel kind of passed her job on to me so that she could do a higher job at the school so now I am the teacher for the professional chocolatier program uh, uh, and so I sell chocolates all over Um, I also consult for chocolate shops um, and bakeries in this country for again for Rachel Um, I'm kind of her (laughs) her like disciple entourage situation Uh, so yeah so I do tasting menus which eventually I want to have my own space to do I want to have essentially like an open I want to have essentially what like painters have like I want a a studio for baking and I want to have it be I want to make it a pop-up shop whenever I want and I want to have ability to just create there and then i want to be able to host my meals and have my own space where i have control over it we're not there yet um but that's that's the eventual goal um so i don't have a lot that ships during the warmer months just because i haven't experimented a lot with it um but once it's cold get ready because it's chocolate season and um joel McHale loves my chocolate awesome he has eaten many a chocolate and he has eaten many a chocolate over voicemail in the ASMR experience to me. Um,
4: so, Great, cool.
1: uh, yeah, yeah. He just like he was like just sending me these like chewing sounds while moaning and telling me how delicious it is. So I was like, "Thank you, Joel." McKin. You know, um, you could
0: probably sell that audio to a very specific audience.
2: Oh yeah, you probably could.
1: that's just for us (laughs) it's just it's just just papa joel um but yeah so yeah so dessert tasting menus uh patty and i as patty said we did our fruity spice tasting menu uh in july and it was ridiculously wonderful and you know we'd love to just take that and run with it and um what was on that menu what wasn't on that menu? Oh my gosh. Uh, I was
3: literally just looking it up the other day. Um, we had, but really what wasn't on that menu? It was seven very seriously. limited courses. Um, we did hummus. We did uh, a quick pickle, red onion. These were like on the table appetizers. We had za'atar and Dukka. We had uh, three types of bread, right? We had a focaccia.
1: I did a focaccia. I did like a puff pastry twist Yep, and then a flatbread um and then i did we did a flatbread yeah and then um that was one course we had a salad um we had a pasta yeah we did, did a chicken with a risotto like a... uh we had a we had a the brownie the double stack double stack brownie oh, the hibiscus. we had a chocolate yeah. cake yeah uh we had we had we had a Small duo, which became a massive <laughs> duo of uh Fatty's first episode from GCS dessert and my first episode from GCS How dessert. Fun. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was like it was
3: four savory, three sweet courses. Savory.
1: Yeah,
0: can you tell like, me more about the pasta? Um,
1: yeah,
3: tea that's all you, yeah.
1: So, I did a um, lemon poppy seed pasta dough, and then I filled it with a ricotta that I made and then put pomegranate seeds in. Mm-hmm. Did you use
2: those really cool pasta molds um, that you have?
1: So, I used that for the first, like, three, and then <laughs> I was like, this is going to take me 7,000 years. And so, then I made it into tortellini and just formed them by hand. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I think, I think that mold is gonna be used for like a rainy day Instagram video, and that's about. That is about what that mold will be <laughs> used nice. for. Is okay, Instagram, cool. <laughs> it is, um, it is not, it is not going to be used for service. Uh, because my it's God, not for a large yeah, okay, that
0: makes sense. They're very, very boutique. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you all mean yeah, sous chefs on this, or is it just you two making all of this? This is us. Oh my wow. god. Wow. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean you've seen you've seen what we yeah, can do yeah, in I time I, totally. I don't <laughs> doubt you
0: at all. Um so and then you have <laughs> more dessert tastings coming up, right? In the future. Yeah. So I have I
1: just did one on Saturday. I'm trying to do two a month. Um I'm doing one on the 30th, so next Saturday. And then my Octo- I only am able to do one in October just because of like scheduling and October is just a really hectic month um, for other stuff that I do. So I'm doing one in October, but it's a buyout from the Operativo Society, which is this like dining membership club situation in Boston. And so um, the owner of that, she's like, let's do an exclusive one. So basically um, only people in the Operativo Society have access to that, um, and then I'll be back in November and December. Then I'm taking a three month break <laughs> because I'll, I'll be in Vegas, um, and uh, and then I'll come back and, and be stronger and have cooler and weirder stuff to do.
0: What's your Vegas event?
1: So. Yeah,
2: can you tell us?
1: Yeah. So do you know Amari Gishon? He's the guy who did School of Chocolate on Netflix, and he makes the sculptures on TikTok, the like massive chocolate sculptures. Yeah,
2: we love school chocolate.
1: Um, So I got accepted to his 10 week professional pastry course. So it is, it's 10 weeks, 40 hours a week. It covers literally everything in like the world of pastry. You do chocolate work, you do sugar work, you do bonbons, you do breads, cookies, entremets, cakes, literally everything. Um, and you do it to the expectations and standards of Amory Gishon. Um, so yeah, and then I will
0: be poor. So everyone buy things from me. (laughs) So yeah, so, uh, tell us your website and how they can, how, how we can get your stuff and, and the next date of your, um, dessert party so people can go.
1: Yeah. Um, so right now, all of the dates are sold out, but you can get on the mailing list on the event tab of my website. So if you go to chef tcom if you click events, there's a mailing list you can get on, and that will be priority access to whenever I release new dates. Um, Right now, all of the dates are sold out. So there's nothing to buy, but you can get on the mailing list. Um, And yeah, so chef-tea.com, chef tcom is where my merch is, where my chocolate bars are sold, and where my events are booked. So everything is there. Um, and I post everything on Instagram. So, Cirque du Soufflé on Instagram, uh, that's where you'll find all the stuff.
0: And we can, in kind of indirectly, vouch for your dessert party because uh, fans of the show will remember our senior chief statistician, Brandon Rahal. He went to your dessert party and he yes. absolutely loved it. He said, You were wonderful. He said, The desserts were wonderful. Uh, so I can't wait till Christine and I can personally, I know. Uh. we do not live nearly as close. Um, but, uh, but, uh, he had an absolutely fantastic time and he, he was very appreciative of the chance to meet you and, uh, how wonderful you are at just as wonderful in person as, as on TV and talking to us now. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, Save up. Save up for a fruity spice. One. Well, that's was. yeah. I was gonna my last question is like, are there more fruity spice events coming or are you all, do you all have any uh, fruity spice merch or anything like that?
1: We are working on it, okay.
0: girl. Yeah. We are,
3: we are my, trying. Like, the ideal situation was to bring tea to Austin next, but my situation is one in which I don't have a space to be able to host mm. like tea does. Um, so similar to T I want all the things that he mentioned like a studio space to be able to do all these things so that we can have these events Um, yeah I would love that but honestly if I can't figure something out for Austin soon then maybe another one in Boston and then we've also talked about doing a collaboration with Amber and Yaz in Baltimore so
2: that would be
1: and also I'm just saying a really obvious and logical answer to this is Chef Curtis Stone hosts yes. us together mm-hmm. at one of his restaurants, Chef Curtis Stone. If you're listening, you know this is the correct thing to do. <laughs> yes. um,
0: Look in your heart, Curtis. Stone. I'm
1: just, I'm just saying, put your money where your mouth is. You said we should make a business out of that brownie and that wow. and that sticky bun. And, so like. Yeah give us your business. Like
3: honestly the type of support that we need is really just structural. We just need yeah. resources. Like we have the talent, we have the drive, we have the work ethic, we have the skill and ability and we have the people. Like people want to try our food. Mm-hmm. So it's just the ability to make it accessible in a real way. Yeah. So anybody yeah. out there is listening and has that ability we are available and we want to make it happen and you will benefit directly from this work.
0: So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so chef hyphen t.com. And what was yours fatty?
3: Mine is my name. It's fatty.com. So F A D I O D E H.com. And my shop services and all of that stuff is under the in between cuisine tab. Um, And yeah, my Instagram as well. I post everything on Instagram. So um, if you don't support me support T if you don't support T support me support us both support Crumb Shoes support all of us we all want yes. it like we all want to keep doing what we love
0: Yes.
1: just, just don't support those classically trained oh, yeah.
0: well, you know, I was going to say if you're teaching and I'll end on this note if you're teaching chocolate now you've skipped being classically trained to being the classically trainer you're like, well so here's the problem uh, we had
1: a, they had a meeting where they legally had us sign a paper declaring whether we were classically trained or not. And I said, I said, I am not. Cla- I am classically trained in chocolate, not pastry. Does that change anything? And they're like, No, you're self-taught pastry. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, but then it's gonna get messy because after Amory Gishon, when we do All Stars, which we're clearly supposed to Obviously. win, what will they put? What will they put what me they, in, Fatty?
2: All
1: stars is your comeback story. Yes. Will be. It, be- team, it really well. better this be. Is like be this is like a wrestling
2: story. This is a long-term thing. <laughs> Sorry, that's how it's like a wrestling story. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, okay. Is like, is <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, I don't know anything about wrestling stories, I'll so I'm just he gonna take
4: you your word for on. it. <laughs> all right,
0: we're gonna. We're going to see you all next time uh, where we're going to talk everything about the show itself. Uh, but for now, uh, T's doing his dance. I love it. Uh, we we, we got to talk more about dancing too. Yes. But for now, T Fatty, thank you so, so, so much. We will see you next time. Um, Christine, how do we always end this?
2: Thank you all so much for listening. You're all crumbly. Unbelievable. This has been a Power Team Studios production.